What's up, the Line Church? Y'all, thank you for every person who's joined us today in church for service. Thank you for everyone who's listening online right now, via online or on podcast, whatever. We are grateful to have you. Hey, listen, if you're joining us for the very first time, would you let us know that you're joining us and where you're joining us from? We want to celebrate God with you. We want to connect with you and uh, take the ministry out of out of the four walls of your church. Hey, listen, today is a great day. You know why? Today we have a guest. It's amazing that we get to see under the influence of this man. This man has mentored me. This man has spoken words of life over me. This man is my friend, and I'm very glad and honored to call him that. He is a brother also, and he is one. He is an oversight for us. He's an elder and an oversight for us in this church ever since its inception, even before its inception. And is none other than uh, Pastor Larry Olujimado. He's been with us a couple of months back in May. And he's going to be ministering God's word to you in a, in a second. But before we go into God's word, I need to tell you something. We are approaching the end of the year. And in this end of the year, we have what we call an end of the year offering. Uh, for the past three years, we've been doing this. Every end of the year, God lays it in our heart to give just to give. We receive instructions from God. God speaks to us on what to give. And we just give generously to God. Every giving that God orders us to helps take the ministry and God's word across different people, bless lives and bless hearts all across the world every year. And I am so glad that we get to be a part, that I get to be a part of it even this year. And I just wanted to tell you that you don't miss out on this miracle. And more information will be passed as, as time goes in. But for now, guys, I'm so pumped right now. I can't wait to hear what God has for us through his servant, my friend, our pastor, Pastor Larry Olujimade. Let's go into the word. God bless you. God's blessings richly. Good day, everybody. Yes, we welcome to today's fellowshipping together again and even this gathering unto God's word. We trust that the Lord Himself will stretch forth His hand and do what only He can do for us, even in this little time of exhortation. Let's just say a word of prayer. Eternal Father, we bless you. You are great and indeed there is nobody like you. Nobody can compare to your majesty. You are holy. You are the one by whose the word of his power, the world is upheld. We give you praise. By you everything was made, nothing was made that was made. You created the heavens and the earth. You are the Lord and Father, you dwell in the heavens, you dwell in the earth. These two states of realities cannot contain you. The heavens even do not deserve to be an abode for you. Not to talk of the earth, not to talk of we mortal men. Jesus, we thank you. We are grateful. With this kind of understanding, we give you thanks. And with expectation swirling in our hearts, we ask, O Father of Spirits, that you meet with every one of us. Let your tremendous power, let your dunamis do what is beyond the potency of man. Let us see the expression of your omnipotence once again. We give you great praise for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. God's people say a big, big amen. All right. This afternoon, uh, we'll take a bearing 
from God's word for us in Ephesians chapter 6 and that very popular verse in verse 10 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 I will be speaking very briefly on wielding wielding strength wielding strength wielding strength this text says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might be strong but in the Lord and in the power of his might when you read 11 and all of that it begins to say that you put on the whole armor of god uh that he may be able you know to stand against the wiles of the devil however um still zooming in on verse 10 because of the kind of times that the Ephesian church found themselves the apostle paul had given a number of counsel and just beyond counsel he had given a number of instructions you know he had instructed them to love husband love your wife wives be submitted to your husband that masters should treat you know servants as in the lord and all of that all of that he had given when you begin to read from um chapter four he had begun given instructions let he that still still no more but let him work with his hands and you know all of the scriptures are captured in this book but paul will not leave them without nailing this he is mindful of the fact that more than being a correct believer and in this sense i'm just bringing a strand of the correctness of the believer there that is in conduct and in good living in righteous living if you like you know allowing the righteous nature in us to find expression and believe that is living as a child of god is christian living you know all of the instructions that he had given them before he knew that all those ones will not be sufficient because of number one the days that they are and because of the reality of the realm of the spirit he told the corinthian church that we wrestle not against flesh against blood but against against principalities against powers against rulers in high places yes paul as an instructor as a coach you know coaching a people deliberately showing them the ways of the lord in a methodical approach not being haphazard about his discipleship and his mentorship for them and their growth he lays lines upon lines and precepts upon precepts but he knows that as an expert in this kind of enterprise that is the enterprise of building men it is important for them to be armed with a kind of knowledge and he tells them that finally be strong in the lord there is the need to be strong but it has to be in 
the Lord. There is that need to not be feeble. There is that need to not be weak. But Paul tells them that you can only attain this feat. You can only, you know, come up to this maximum potential of strength only in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In every sense of the word, be strong in the Lord. It actually means that your strength is not in yourself. Your strength is not in your abilities. Your strength is not essentially even in your mental powers and your intelligent quotient. As good as all of those things are, if all you have is your IQ, if all you have is your your character strength even, your morality, even if all you have is connection with people and with men, if all you have is principles of life, of business, of ministry, of marriage, of relationship, you know, uh, ethics of this and of that, they have their place, they are very necessary, but if that is all you have, you will know the futility of the arm of flesh. So, be strong in the Lord. It is only in Him that these strength this this expectation of paul you know for the church it is only in the lord that this kind of expectation can be attained what does it mean to be strong in the lord and i said it that it is simply drawing a strength from a place that is beyond you and that is that has nothing totally to do with you when um okay look at this example yes this example also was given by a man of god also and i feel this will be so good a person yes this might be limited in some ways but yes it still relates um you know with us in some of the kind of understanding we will be able to draw from it and i hope it does a little child or a boy who is still a toddler or maybe a teenager who is in his early teenage and he is troublesome, right? He, lo he loves to look for trouble, to say it that way. He loves to, you know, just steer some kind of uh, friction. And these people that he will go and look for their trouble, they are people that are far stronger than he is. Maybe a child of 13, 14, 15 years old, going to upset people of 25 and maybe people of 18, 25, 20 years old, you know. Definitely, his age range will not be able to muster the strength against a person in that kind of, you know, of that kind of age. Yes. And even if he can beat one of them, he can beat about three, four. Now look at it. But that kind of 14, 15 years old boy, that child now, he goes there often to go and look for their trouble because he knows that he has about two brothers at home. 
who are elderly and they are martial artists. They are broad-chested. Probably they are. They have their black belts in cadets and all of those kind of things who are almost like macho men, like wrestlers. And he has two of them that everybody on the street fears. Now, they when, whenever that child, that 14, 15 years old child, goes and steers, you know, an unrest, probably slaps someone there. He is doing that because there is a confidence he has in the brothers he has at home. You get it? And at the same time, the people that this young boy that he is looking for their trouble, they will not dare to want to retaliate simply because they know that this guy has some two other FT guys at home that 10 of us cannot even handle them. So the strength of that young boy is in the brother. So that you, now you say that you are strong, but not in yourself, but in the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Now, because of the kind of times that we have, because of the kind of seasons that we have found ourselves, the economy going down, some of us in ministry, you know, it's not all that a smooth time. You're facing one challenge or the other, probably even in your academics. You're facing it probably at the home front. And, you know, etc. We can begin to list this different phase of life that each of us have our mountains to surmount. So Paul tells us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. I like to start with today. First and foremost is let your confidence, your confidence be in who the Lord is. Be strong in the Lord first means that let your confidence be in who the Lord is. Who is the Lord? The Lord is faithful. There is a confidence you have vested. And that confidence is in the Lord's faithfulness. Is in his loving kindness. You have understood that God is faithful. You know, faithfulness talks of dependability, talks of reliability, both in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the night, on Sunday, on Monday, any day, he is faithful. He cannot have a mood swing and feel like not being faithful. He's always faithful. So, now, you have a confidence in that. I have a faithful God. And that is the reason why I am daring this feat that I am daring. And it is the reason why I would dare go to that exam all based on my confidence in the faithfulness of the Lord. Even though I have read, I have studied, but I know, look at this, that he is faithful. The Christian journey has its ups and downs, as its, you know, his roads, as, as, as all kind, as its vicissitudes. But scripture now says, faithful is he that has called now you look at that faithful is he faithful is he the 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 person of the lord the nature of the lord an understanding of his person his nature that you have boosts a confidence for you 
you know god is love and not just that he is love he loves you he loves you so much that he will guard you from certain things you know you will escape certain things both now and later in the future simply because i have a god that loves me now you see that your confidence is in the fact that god is faithful god is loving you are not just trying to sermonize but you have believed that this god really is is a reward of the diligently seek him he exists and this god that exists he has certain attributes his person has certain character he has certain nature that are immutable they don't change scripture tells us that god is not a man that he would lie not the son of man that will repent of his words so you're strong in the lord when you put your confidence in the attributes of god this helps you to be able to raise your head and lift your shoulders when you are in the midst of the muddy waters and you don't even know where things are likely to end the only thing that is registered and unfading on your soul at that time is that is faithful is faithful oh someone comes with a question are you sure you're going to ever graduate from this school seeing the financial implications are you sure you're going to ever thrive in this career seeing the necessary connections you will need for this are you sure ministry will ever be we will ever come with results will be productive are you sure you're gonna ever even see tomorrow based on this health challenge the only reason you have the only reason you have to be confident the only response you even have to such questions is god is faithful is faithful not only is faithful is just and his justice talks about you know he's not partial yes and also he sees to it that his principles are fulfilled he supervises his principles to the extent that they don't fail that is his justice you know now look, look at what scripture says he said when we confess our sins to the lord he says confess your sins to the lord because he is faithful and just to forgive look at it it's not because now now of course god is loving god is love if that is not just because he's loving it's because he's faithful and just faithfulness and justice 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 there is talking about the fact that the blood of christ has been shed and your sins have been forgiven god will never change it he will never have a mood swing not to feel like not forgiving you it is saying that it is impossible for your sins eh, not to be forgiven it is impossible that your sins will not be forgiven if you come based on the blood of jesus and you confess your sins to the lord he is faithful and just no matter how grievous that sin may be and um, no matter the time you come for it is faithful and just now that is a principle that engenders the forgiveness of sins it is the shedding of the blood of christ jesus first and foremost if you confess and jesus has not shed his blood you know there is nothing that will that will cleanse that thing but first and foremost because jesus has shed his blood and now you confess that is a principle 
and it is legally established spiritually. So the justice of God ensures that his, his, his principles don't fail. Mm, they ensure that his principles do not fail. We can look on and on and on and on like that. So um, not to stay too long on this very point, i like us to know that what will ensure that we sail through life regardless of things that come our way is our understanding of the attributes of God. Faithfulness, justice, love, kindness, meekness, is patient, is slow to anger. Now you see where your strength is when you behave certain way. When you, when you, when you, when you have a different outlook to life, it is you are strong in the Lord. You are strong in the Lord. You are strong in the Lord. Now, having understood the attributes of God and all of that, the second one that talks that, that, um, the, the clause to be strong in the Lord means, or the phrase, sorry, in the Lord means is that you so you understand the, his attributes and all of that. Now, the second is that you understand and you lay hold on our advantages as believers. We are not just believers for being believers' sake. Hmm? You must ask yourself, what is my advantage as a child of God? What really makes me different from someone who is not born again? Or what even makes me different from someone who goes to church, is a church person, but has no part with God, has no relationship, has no affair, has nothing real going on, in his heart with Jesus. What really makes me different from such a person? Is it that the same thing can befall us? Is it that whatever ah, things happen to that one too can happen to me? Are we both products of happenstance? Is life just going to happen on both of us without we having a control over it? These are sincere questions we must ask ourselves and delve into God's word, trusting the spirit of God to open our eyes to really see our advantages. There are systems of advantage for believers. The place from where our advantage is is from the spiritual. Life is honestly spiritual. Life is honestly spiritual. Ah, someone said that every successful person, every great person is powered by something from the spiritual, powered by an altar, powered by a totem of, you know, of a God, of a priest, all of that. It's quite true because it's real both on the dark world and here in, in the light. People go far to the extent to which they subscribe to a spiritual force. 
the question is do you have an do you have any understanding of what you subscribe to who you subscribe to and how you subscribe in order to have your advantage even in your journey in life our journey of faith our christian work is not just that we end in heaven eventually alone heaven is is our inheritance actually it's not even a reward and i'm not delving too much into that because i just want to be focused here yeah our advantages the systems put in place to make sure that we are at the advantaged side in a pandemic in a in a in a in a in a draining economy in a harsh weather you know in a the midst of an association of people that are not friendly all of that what gives us advantage number one is the finished work of christ now you you remember that first uh we have talked about our understanding of the attributes of god what we are still trying to unveil here what we are unmasking is the the, the statement be strong in the lord and we said you can't be strong in the lord when you understand the attributes of god and you put your confidence there and understanding and a confidence in god's attributes this one is laying hold on our advantage as believers first in the first on the list in this second point that is the matter of we laying hold on our advantage as believers is we laying hold on the finished work of christ once you are a believer but there are things that you stand to gain you have benefits that someone that is not an that is not a believer does not have you have benefits that unbelievers do not have the finished work of christ jesus the only begotten son what he was the only begotten son he is the only begotten son could bring other sons to glory all right he brought us to become sons now he is not the only son again he is still the only begotten but we are sons but by adoption we are adopted children he is begotten so either by being begotten or being adopted it is bottom line it is that we are sons and being sons we have a father it is the finished work of christ you all, all you have to do was to put your faith in the fact that jesus died for me and he rose from the dead oh i receive him as my lord i accept him as the lord over my life i see him as my savior automatically god becomes your father and if being children then we are heirs look at romans chapter 8 and even heirs we are joint heirs with christ that is there are even inheritances that we have in god because he is our father 
Yes. And all that is even based on the finished work of Christ. We are included in him. Hmm? The finished work of Christ for us is redemption. He said, in his blood we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. The other time I was talking about the faithfulness and the justice of God. Yes. Um, Jesus had shed his blood. He was hung on the tree, died, went to the grave, and rose on the third day. All these have implications for us as believers. They have provided certain advantages for us. You remember the time when the Israelites were in Egypt and God was going to send the angel of death right, to pass across every house. The angel was going to pass any doorpost that had the blood of a lamb that has been, that has been put there as an ensign. Any house that does not have the blood the angel of death visits that particular place and facilitates destruction. But any house at all that has the blood, think of it, even if it was an Egyptian that was in that house, not if the person in the house was not an Israelite, the only reason why the angel of death will pass is because there is a blood sign on this doorpost. There is blood on... As a believer, there is blood on your doorpost too. You have blood on your head. There is blood gushing over you. It's not until you say, I plead the blood, that you have the blood. There are times we invoke the blood of Jesus during warfare. But you see, even when you have not invoked, once you are a child of God and you have become a believer, it is settled for you in Christ that the blood is there. Even if someone was inside that house, in the land of Egypt and the person was, I mean, probably committing immorality. That one was not the concern of the angel. The concern is, is their blood on this doorpost. So, it will not be their works. It is the voice of the blood. And Jesus shed that blood. You were not born then. You our progenitors even had not come. This is way back thousands of years. Well, over 2,000 years. You know. So, you lay old on the finished work of Christ. You don't let it slip off you. Jesus had settled healing and health for us. By his stripes, Isaiah 53 says, we are healed. Your transgression is taken care of because Jesus has been bruised. Your iniquity is taken care of because Jesus has been wounded. See, the reason why your transgression, your iniquity will be forgiven is because of the wounds, the bruises of Jesus. The reason why you will have peace is because Jesus has been chastised. Now you see that you are not making any of this happen by your strength you have your strength in someone in the lord and this time it is that you are laying hold on his finished work 
This is why you can be healed. This is why you can not only be healed from sickness, but you can stay in health, divine health, not falling sick and rising again, again, and again. Your confidence is in the finished work of Christ. And you are laying hold on it. Not just that you have it as a mental knowledge. Not just that you just know it in your brain, but it has not, it has not gone deep into your, into your heart that it begins to come out of your mouth. When your, your, your mind assimilates it, it goes into your brain. You see, ah, ah, ah. it goes into your spirit, sorry. Your spirit still sends it back to your mind. It's like a process of information there. But because it's a spiritual information, it, it, it is not just about your brain. In fact, your brain can't really do the work. There is a function of your heart, of your spirit there. When this cycle is completed, you see that it begins to come out of your mouth as confession. By stripes I am healed. You have righteousness. It is the finished work of Christ. Romans 5.17 tells us that we, we, we will have the gift of righteousness. How much more? We that have the gift of righteousness, we reign through Christ. We reign in life. Righteousness as a nature, as a gift, is what makes us to be able to access God, is what makes us have a right standing with God. So when you are not when, when you are not aligning and standing in the righteousness provided by faith and by grace, you are not standing right. You are not in a right standing. Your stance is shaky and is faulty. Galatians says that if righteousness come by the work of the law, look at it, then Jesus has died in vain. Then the work of Christ is in vain. So we have righteousness not by our own works. It is the gift of God. And it is the finished work of Christ. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. He became sin. He didn't become a sinner. But he became sin. And that is enormous. That is a whole lot to unbundle right now. But it is the finished work of Christ. So when the devil comes once and again. To bring guilt to you. When the devil comes once and again to bring legal ground for mishaps to come in your life, you simply lay hold on the finished work of Christ. You simply confess it. You simply believe it and pray it out. That is where your confidence is. Is your father. You are justified in him, made righteous by him, in him you have your healing and health you have inheritance in him so you see that you in this stand an advantage beyond that which unbelievers can ever reach out to the reason why we are excused from our negativities is because of this finished work of Christ the truth is we should not be having the same experiences as unbelievers. Then if this is so in our lives, we should really check. We should check what is really wrong. What do I not understand well? How am I giving place to certain things? You know, 
It's a system of advantage. The finished work of Christ. What other systems of advantage do we have in God? Grace is an advantage. Grace. 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 Now, in this, in this grace, I'm talking of saving grace and enabling grace. Grace has a number of definitions depending on the context of passage of scripture from where you are looking at it. Grace. The saving grace. It said, by grace ye are saved, not of your works, lest any man should boast. You are saved by grace through faith. You know, that is the grace of salvation. Now, the grace that enables is that divine ability. The grace of God has appeared to all men. Titus chapter 2, teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust. You know, in that way, it is the grace that enables you to stand and say no. So you must know how to lay hold on these systems of advantage. Paul said, I am who I am by grace. It's an advantage that he knew how to lay, how to, how to lay hold on. He said, nevertheless, I labor more than them all. Yet not I, it is the grace of God. So there is the grace that helps you to labor that helps you to there is grace that helps you for hard work not hustling now for hard work for diligence and when it is telling on others that they are working at it is not telling on you in any way not on your body not on your health it's because you are laboring by grace and your results are coming by grace grace enables oh grace enables grace enables God told Paul when he said, I saw the Lord three times for an infirmity in his flesh, a messenger of Satan. He said, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. That is, my grace is sufficient for you. It is able to enable, to enable you to get through and overpower this thing, this messenger of Satan in your flesh. Child of God, lay hold on systems of advantage. Lay hold on grace. Really lay hold on grace. Lay hold on grace for your studies. Lay hold on this ability in God for the face of life that you are. Another system of advantage in God is, is mercy. Ah! Mercy is not just for sinners alone. Mercy is not just what you come to lay hold on when you have sinned. And mercy is not just what... Uh, 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 God shows on the wicked. Mercy gives you what you don't deserve. And mercy also makes sure that that which you deserve is not melted out to you. You know, in terms of punishment and all of that. Mercy is a system of advantage in God. You stand at a leverage by the mercy of God. And that is why you have what is called the sure mercies of David. He delved into a number of things that wouldn't have made him deserve the throne. This same mercy made David the last out of his, his brethren, one that was even in the bush 
to make sure that the prophet insisted, Samuel insisted that until David was around, they were not going to sit. He was going to be the anointed king. Mercy. 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 Someone who, who really ought to be worthless, but can come to the Lord and lift his voice. That Lord, let my life obtain your mercy. It's a system of advantage. Let us now come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Mercy for the times of need. This kind of times, you need mercy. You need mercy. I'm not asking us to be slack, to be slothful, to not cross our teeth and dot our eyes. But you see, when every other person comes with intellect only you come knowing the attribute of god you come laying on the finished work of christ you come exercising and wielding the systems of advantage come under the umbrella of the mercy of god this is what can make you get a job hmm? when probably you are least qualified in terms of connections, in terms of knowing people, in terms of grades and degrees, in terms of years of experience. Mercy. Ah, we will know the mercy of God indeed. Mercy has been speaking for Jacob even before he was born and after he was born. That is what Paul still says in Romans 9, you know, alluding to that incident in Genesis that's where Paul now says that, but I will have mercy on who I will have mercy. He was speaking about the scenario of Jacob and Esau. What exactly have they done for one to have been God's preference? Look at it. Solomon, who was a child, <laughs> but out of wedlock, a child that was a product of the wickedness of a man, killed the husband of of Bathsheba Uriah and went into the woman. That Solomon was the one that God and picked as the successor for David. May we know the mercy of God and may we not trivialize it. These are things that, that make for our advantage as believers. All time will not permit me to have also told us about favor. You see, grace, mercy, favor, they are our systems of advantage. They give us advantage. Favor is access to the heart of men. That's evil. That's evil. Favor both, there's favor in the sight of God and in the sight of men, but favor ensures that you have access into the heart of people. A man does not have money, but has favor. Ah, he can have money, sir. Yes, because he has access to the heart of men. That was what Esther had. It's a system of advantage. It's a tool that grants us advantage. And we as God's children, we must open our hearts and open our eyes to lay hold on these things. We must open our hearts to lay hold on these things. Okay, maybe just one last in saying to be strong in the Lord, it is spiritual facts. 
Spiritual facts are things that are spiritually settled. They are settled in the realm of the spirit. As far as the realm of the spirit is concerned, they are legally established there. When you know how to wield these for your life, for your existence, you, you will be seen as that man that knows his God. He will be strong and he will do exploits. Eh? It's a spiritual fact that God has given you inheritance among the saints in light. It's a spiritual fact that you have been separated from your biological lineage. Therefore, the undoings, the negativities, the curses, the jinx that flow in whether your mother or your father's side, you are excused from it. It's a spiritual fact. It is factually. It is it is spiritually factual. Scripture says that lies are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. Look at that. Your heritage, you must learn to look beyond the ones that will flow from either your father or mother. The heritage in God. It says, Thanks be to the Father who has given us inheritance among those that are sanctified or among those that are the saints in light. That's Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Spiritual facts. Like I was saying the other time, it is factual. You see, it is a fact in the realm of the spirit that you have inheritance in God. It is, it is a fact that has been settled that Jesus had shed his blood and from that time certain operations become possible. You can access the throne, the holies of holies, because the veil has been torn. It actually happened. It actually happened. It is not just something that some historians conjured. It is spiritual fact. It is spiritual fact. When God comes and, and, and cuts a covenant with you, Mm -hmm. maybe he tells you that upon you I will establish prosperity in your lineage you know that's just an example that's a promise from the Lord but it is as strong as a covenant because God will not lie and he will not fail it is factual, it is spiritually settled so you now give yourself to stretch and bring that fact from that place and bring it right into this realm of reality. So, for the sake of a recap, be strong in the Lord means being confident in the attributes of God. Faithfulness, justice, love, you know, patience, long-suffering, kindness, and all of that. The attributes of God is slow to anger. Also, I said, being strong in the Lord is understanding and laying hold on our advantages as believers. And in talking about the advantages, I said, the finished work of Christ is an advantage for us. Other systems of advantage are God's mercy, God's grace, God's favor. And lastly, I said, spiritual facts. Lord, we bless you for your word. We ask that beyond what the speaker could have said, 
you cause these things to be enlarged. You cause light to broaden this in our hearts. We ask that indeed that we be strong in you. Oh my God, and in the power of your might, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You are blessed God's people.